0: Girls, true crime that makes you hypothermal With the three spooked girls Stabby snippets will give you dreams Tara and Jessica will make on that haunted grass Hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I am joined with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hey, hello. And today is another patron select here on the show. If you don't know what that is, and you're newer here, it is where one of our ten dollars patrons has a whole episode dedicated to them, and we chat either true crime or spooky topics of their choice. And today's episode is dedicated to our patron Sean. So thank you, Sean, for supporting the show. We really, really appreciate it. And he asked for a spooky episode so I’m excited. On essentially when we were having the conversation on Patreon, it was ghosts and haunts from Wilmington, North Carolina. And I had no clue this area was haunted AF, like Savannah status. There's a lot of stuff. Mainly because I hadn't been there, I guess. And I don't know. I just had no clue. (laughs) But after I looked into it, there's a lot of interesting places and stories. So I'm here for it. I love it. Now, what I kind of did for today was I found a couple different stories that just kind of jumped out to me. And I'm going to like round robin it, but by myself because it's my turn. So, So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And also, please keep in mind with stories like these, of course, they do vary a little bit with the details, with folklore, you know, things like that. It always happens. So I went with versions of these stories that I came across the most or was like the general consensus. So the first one I'm going to talk about is called the Mako Light. So the story goes that this guy named Joe Baldwin was on a train that was on a route that was Wilmington to Winchester. So there goes Wilmington for us. And he was said to be a signal man. And on one rainy night on this route in 1867, yes, we're going to go back, Joe was asleep in the caboose. And during his nap, he felt like a violent jolt. He was considered a veteran employee with like railroad stuff so he knew exactly what was going on and what was going on was the caboose car he was in somehow detached from the rest of the train Mm -hmm. now this was an issue because he knew the schedule of the other trains and there was another passenger train that shouldn't honestly have been too far behind them And first thought is, okay, we'll jump off the caboose, right? But this is the 1800s, so there's no way for him to contact the other train. You know, phones don't exist, like cell phones don't exist, that kind of thing. And he thought to himself, he's like, I don't want to jump off this caboose just to save myself. And then there's this whole other train coming that has no warning, which means they'll crash into this, you know, into this car. And they'll be at full speed and everyone could potentially die. So he went out on the like deck part is what I'm going to call it. I'm sure there's a proper name and he had a light. And once the train started approaching, he used it to signal to the oncoming train's engineer that he was stuck, that it was stopped. And it did catch the engineer's attention, but he wasn't able to completely stop because of momentum and obviously the short time frame between when he saw it and coming up on this caboose. So they did crash, but that engineer like yanked on the brake so it did slow them down and the good news is all the passengers were okay But sadly, Joe did not have the same fate. He would actually get decapitated in the crash. (gasps) Yeah. Poor Joe. I know. And authorities would never be able to find his head. And there's also, from what I read, swamps in this area. But Joe's body would be recovered and he was buried a week later. And they said he was also given hero's honors. Shortly after the crash, people reported seeing a white light along this section of the train tracks. People would say that this was Joe who had returned to find his lost head. And some people would say that instead of a white light, they would sometimes see green or red lights. And this kept happening until in 1886, there was a earthquake in Charleston. And railroad employees said that trains had occasionally been stopped or delayed due to the activities of the lights because people could even see it from like the cabs of the train, Mm. which is interesting. And there's also some more kind of interesting stuff that happens. So it's kind of like either a weird phenomenon is happening throughout the world. Or people are taking, like, quote, inspiration from, honestly, the sad story. So there was a story, there was multiple stories with the main person being called the Headless Brakeman, and with these stories, they always had, like, ghost lights as well in corporate. So it was, like, very, very similar. And then there's a couple examples, one being the Bragg Road ghost light, and the other the that says is, like, the most popular is the Gurdon light, which is actually a story from Arkansas. So it's not even the same state. And this story essentially is that the light originates from a lantern of a railroad worker who was killed when he fell into the path of a train. So he like fell on the tracks, couldn't get up in time. And this story goes that the man's head was separated from his body and never found. So similar there. And that the light that people see comes from his lantern as he's looking for his head. Yeah, I know. Sad. But circling back to our story, it is said that sightings of these lights, interesting enough, ended when the track was removed and a nearby bridge where people sometimes had weird stuff happening was destroyed in 1977. So I was like, that's weird. So maybe if his spirit was attached when they did all this construction, it like released Joe. I mean, we don't know. Maybe he is somehow still around. But if anyone's been there, I would love to hear this. There was some videos on YouTube and one I watched that was like where I found out about this first. The guy went out there and it's just like, you can still go out there, but it's like trees and stuff now. It's not the tracks anymore. So my next little haunting is... A little happier, a little bit more lighter note, this one it takes place at the New Hanover County Public Library there. So with this library, what I like most, I think, is that they talked about their ghosts. They have little spots for it on their official website. So they fully embrace this and I love it, and I'm here for it. Okay, so the general consensus is there's two apparitions that are reported to be seen here. The first is called the researcher, and the researcher is an apparition of a short woman who is believed to have either been a regular at the library or possibly have been an employee in the way past. Either way, she was said to have extremely loved the library so much that when she passed, her spirit returned there. They're not sure how she died or whatnot, but it was definitely... There's no like recorded death for this kind of, you know, for a female and stuff there at the library. So I'm like, oh, she went back to where she loved. That's so cute. That is cute. Right? And it's also sad. She's known to be a prankster of sorts. <laughs> this made me laugh because I'm like, man, if I was a ghost, I would do something like this. She's known to move people's books or like little pamphlets and stuff that they would have there that they would just randomly move. And they're like, oh, it's the researcher. She did it. You know, and she's messing with people. And And people have also seen her apparition walking around with a book cart. So mischievous, but a little bit helpful. Maybe she's organizing. I don't know. I mean... If you're going to live in the library, you have to get your dues. Right. And then also sometimes people will find like people that work there, they, you know, say they closed up the library the night before or whatever. And, you know, they pick everything up, they tidy up, but then they'll come in in the morning and then there will be a book on one of the tables. And they think that's, you know, like one of the books she had looked at that night type of thing. So I'm like, that's interesting. And then also when I was kind of reading about this library, another, I'm not, see, this is what was kind of confusing. So they also, there was like a very quick note of saying that on the same second floor, like where the researcher is seen, they said there's also a woman in like Victorian style dress. So I'm like, does the researcher have the white dress or is this somebody else? But when I started looking more, like when I went to the official website and stuff, they were like, no, it's just the two ghosts. So, you know, you know. But the other one, I laughed at this. He's described as a nice-looking man. So I was like, okay, he's either attractive or just looks like a nice person. I don't know. (laughs) They didn't clarify. And his nickname is the Colonel. And this spirit actually links to a person they know, which I have to say is interesting once I tell you a little bit about him. Because I looked everywhere, I could not find an actual name for him besides the Colonel. So he was a lieutenant colonel in the 3rd Cavalry, 41st North Carolina regiment during the Civil War. And the part where I'm like, okay, this is weird. Why is his name not in any of these articles is because it was said that he was the mayor of Wilmington, where this library is. I'm like, how do you not have his name? Why is nobody telling me his name? And he was said to have been killed in a duel. His spirit, he's not quite as interactive as the researcher. People say he just kind of nervously paces around and they hear heavy boot footsteps, you know, because he's like, I'm assuming, in his uniform. And then they also said something creepy, which reminded me of Bidwell Mansion. Kind of. Because... Apparently, there used to be a painting of him in the library and, well, I would say Bidwell and then Harry Potter at the same time. (laughs) They would say that his picture would move. For those not familiar or maybe don't remember this episode, because we did cover Bidwell like early, early days. When you're looking at the portrait there, it looks like the feet are like turning or he's like facing you. So I was like, oh, God, I thought of that. But then I thought of Harry Potter because, you know, hello, all the portraits and stuff. So I was like, I love it. I'm like, does this happen in real life? please. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm like, so fun, so fun. Now, the third place I found and wanted to talk about is called the, oh, gosh, I'm probably going to say it wrong. I'm sorry, North Carolina people, the Thalian Hall. And of course, you know, it's in Wilmington as well. It was built in 1858. I was just like, I guess I'm on this theme, and a lot of these things, too, are just all in the 1800s. I'm just in the 1800s land for this episode. It's cool. The place, honestly, like, if you go to the sources page and look at the website, because I have, like, a nice article about this on there, it is so freaking beautiful. Like, it has the classic kind of, you know, the red seats, the red theater seats. They have this giant-ass, beautiful chandelier. It's just super classic, and I just... Oh, it's so beautiful. I want to go there. Now, as far as their ghosts, it's kind of similar to library where they just have a few. And I found a really good description on some of these things. So I'm going to read it right off of these. The website's called hauntedhouses.com, which I was like, I love this. And they call their section for the entities manifestations. I loved that too. Ooh. So the first one is the incident of the director's little dog. And it says somehow it managed by itself to go up to the second balcony, the gallery, and something threw it over the railing, which I'm like, oh, my God, that is fucking terrible. But it fell two floors and wasn't hurt. It lived and looked like something like caught it, like someone caught the dog. That's crazy. Right. So people think that, you know, some kind of ghost was trying to get the director's attention without thankfully hurting their dog. (laughs) And the next one is called two male entities and a female entity. And they wrote, Apparently, theater artists of the spiritual kind enjoy watching and experiencing the theater and its productions. While longing to be in one more stage production, these spirits satisfy their desire to perform by watching, teasing, and helping this area's thespians. For years during the rehearsals for obvious productions on the main stage, actors and actresses are often reported seeing these entities' clear apparitions, wearing Edwardian costume attire, or felt their strong presences. They like to wander around the balcony during rehearsals, perhaps letting the actors on the main theater stage know that they are watching them, sort of like a stage mother. <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh, my God, it goes fucking hilarious. These three entities' unseen presences have been strongly felt backstage in the dressing rooms, in the bathrooms, in the corridors, as well as the main lobby. The actors and those involved with the productions have felt cold spots. The actors and those involved as well have also heard eerie sounds and echoes of disembodied voices. Yay! Right? These three entities also enjoy studying the tools of the trade used in today's productions. On occasion, they may borrow tools, scripts, makeup, and other items of modern thespian world of performance to perhaps satisfy their own curiosity items are always returned though but not always found where they were last put by the living (laughs) i love it i was like see these ghosts are just nice it's not the zozo episode again i'm not scaring the shit out of anybody i was like i'll be nice i'll be nice about this i appreciate it (laughs) And then the last haunted place I'm going to talk about for this episode was actually noted to be the most well-known out of them. I wanted to do some kind of like lesser-known ones, and then I felt I couldn't do this episode without mentioning this one as well. And fun fact, Jessica, Ghost Hunters team went and did an investigation here in the past, apparently. I was like, that's cool, that's cool. Okay, so for those that don't know, the USS North Carolina is essentially like an old World War II battleship type of thing. We'll make sure to post some pictures and things like that. So she wasn't active very long. It was about 10 years. So, like 1937 to 1947. And then after that, they said the boat became a part of an inactive reserve fleet for 14 years and was actually going to be scrapped. But they, some people did like a campaign to save the battleship. So they were successful with that. And that's when it was actually moved over to Wilmington in 1961. And that has been the home for it ever since, which is interesting. It's been there a long time. It's crazy. And now the spirits aboard the USS North Carolina. There is one that is super common. I like the names given to these. So this one, not not this one, maybe, but the next one's funny. This one's called the young blonde-haired man. And this is said to be the most common spirit reported. And apparently he will just... Appear at random parts of the ship and try to get people's attention. He's not violent, he's very mischievous. Again, he likes to give people a jump scare. (laughs) <laughs> to kind of fuck with them. <laughs> I love it. Right? And there was a story about one of the watchmen on the ship. You know, he was doing everything, doing his checks, making sure there was nobody there. And he said he felt a hand on his shoulder. And I'm like, oh, God, that's what happened to me at Winchester. <laughs> and he said he, like, turned around real quick to be like, what the fuck? And nothing. And then he said after he turned, he said he heard footsteps the opposite direction of, like, where he got touched. So he, like, turned <laughs> he flashed his flashlight at it and he said that he saw this ghost apparition of a blonde sailor and that he screamed because it's scary. I mean, I would too. (laughs) Like, valid. I would too. (laughs) Like, oh, poor thing. And but that when he was seen by him and then also other people who have seen him, as soon as he knows he's like discovered, he vanishes he just dips he's like okay bye (laughs) and you know people that have investigated here they're like well maybe he's trying to tell people something or trying to tell someone something so maybe that's why he's like touching and all that but nobody knows i think he's just trying to scare people and probably thinks it's funny that's my theory (laughs) (laughs) now the next one is called a ghost crew that will never quit So, it's a common thing to see shadowy figures aboard the ship. And with that, you'll hear like random banging noises, things like that. And they think these are more the crew is residual or they just don't realize that they are deceased, which we've talked about plenty of times in haunts that there's ghosts that don't realize they have passed on because, you know, they're continuing to do their job. That's really common. We've seen that a lot. And that there's with the crew, people have reported saying they hear doors opening and closing, they hear whistling. And then lights turn on and off randomly by themselves. And one time there was an EVP done here, like a session, and they asked the crew, who's the current president of the United States? And they picked up Roosevelt. Oh, damn. Right? So that's interesting. And at that point, it shows it's not residual because the thought is residual haunts. They just keep doing their actions over and over again. They don't really interact as much, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's just like, damn, they might be trapped in their time period is the thought. Well, no one's telling them the current data. (laughs) Right? No one's bringing them a newspaper. (laughs) These disembodied voices are like, hey, who's the president right now? Hey, what's happening on Tuesday? (laughs) Could you imagine, like... Oh my god, I'd be like, what the fuck? Who's the president? And they're like, Roosevelt. And they're like, oh my god, that was so long ago. you have this entity and you're like, oh man, I got it wrong. <laughs> How would I know? I can't be. Right? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Our next entity, creepiness, is called faces in the portholes, which I'm like, I did not like that. That freaks me out. So people who, because you can do tours and stuff, they go and do this. They said that they see like a ghost apparition face peeking out through a porthole looking at them. I don't like that. I don't like that. And some have even said that the portholes they're looking through are doors that are definitely locked. So there's like no way it's like some dumb teenager or someone just trying to scare people. So definitely another sign of ghosts. And the last one is the washroom sailor. So there was an instance where a Japanese torpedo struck the side of this ship. And there was records that pulled up that there was a death. And this sailor was in the bathroom of the battleship. And that's where his, or in the washroom. I guess that's a bathroom, right? Yeah. His spirit is trapped there in this one location where he died. And apparently people say that the washroom is creepy as hell and that they get this like weird vibe and they just are like, nope, I want to get the fuck out of here. No, thank you, which can totally understand. And people have said that they've heard footsteps in here. It's plenty of like the whole area goes cold type of thing. And that's really common for everyone to feel like that. Apparently that goes down there. So I'm like, "Mm, no thanks. And apparently he may not want you there because objects have been known to be thrown about. And people said that they have felt touches that they can't explain, like a ghost touching them and all of that. So people say that, you know, it's because they can link it in actual history that he died here, they're like, okay, this makes sense that this part of it is very, very haunted, you know? It's just, it's so interesting, and it's one of those, like, very well-known ones, well-publicized ones, and stuff like that. I mean, with everything going on, most of these places like this are not open or are very limited. I mean, I clicked it, and it's lets you schedule a ghost hunt, I'm assuming because that would be, you know, much smaller of a group, you know, or your own family Mm -hmm. or people in your bubble. And it looks like that you pay a deposit of $30 per person and all remaining balances are due four weeks before your scheduled day. And it looks like the total is $129. Yeah, it doesn't really, let's see what else it says here. (laughs) Okay, so for the, the ghost hunting thing, it says, our ghost hunts at the USS North Carolina will test your nerve. Listed as one of the most haunted battleships Because, you know, they have to all say that. This location even pushes the most seasoned ghost hunter to their limits. There have been several sightings of full-bodied apparitions, particularly one of a young man with blonde hair, which I told you all about, that has been seen in several passageways. Apparitions and shadow figures have been witnessed peering through portholes and around corners. Dun, dun, dun. And it is a long session, so it does have the time here. So it says your event would start at 7.30 and you would go till 3 a.m. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's worth the price, I think, in my opinion. And it says your ghost hunt will also include the history day tour and exclusive overnight access to areas that are normally off limits to all tours. So there you go. You get to go probably to the washroom and shit, too. And access to the most haunted areas, which obviously we just talked about. Ooh, a psychic medium vigil if the psychic is... Working that day, so they have their own resident psychic. It sounds like group vigils with experienced investigators, lone vigils. So I am assuming you could do your own thing. They're like, go for it. Use of their equipment, which includes trigger objects and EMF readers. I don't know what trigger objects are, like flashlights, uh, things that like would get, trigger them to interact. Oh, that makes sense. A flashlight's the only thing that popped into my head. <laughs> no, I got you. And, you know, they encourage you to, like, explore everywhere, you know, things like that. And then, ooh, you get unlimited refreshments, which include coffee, bottled water, and soda, and a selection of snacks that they have. So that's very nice. It's very nice of oh, them. Yeah. Not right? every ghosty hunting place provides you snackage right exactly and oh yeah so they are totally they've got some events on here so if anyone's local to this and is like i need to go do this with like you know some peeps safely they look like they have some at the two at the end of march and then they have oh my gosh (laughs) they have two in october and one of them's on my anniversary (laughs) why is it so far away (laughs) right you're like I know what we're doing, <laughs> right? If we were like in that area, totally. Oh my gosh, that's so, so cool, so cool. So yeah, that is gonna be my roundup of Wilmington, North Carolina haunts. I thought it was interesting, and there is so many more. So yeah, those may pop up in the future, but those were kind of like my favorite ones. And since Sean gave me kind of free reign, I just went with it. But I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was very entertaining and a little spooky. And if you would like your own dedicated episode you can head to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls and this perk starts at our ten dollar tier but with that we are going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see you on monday bye guys bye